the profit on your profit and loss doesn't show certain expenses that you actually incurred on the cash flow side. And that's because of accounting mumbo jumbo. Welcome to the Million Dollar Landscaper Podcast. We're your hosts, Scott and Katie Mulchan, and we make it easy to start working on, not just in your landscaping business. We're a real couple that helped grow our family business to well over a million dollars in revenue. And now we help other landscaping business owners just like you to do the same. Are you ready to build your business? Let's get started. Welcome back to the Million Dollar Landscaper Podcast. Now, today we have a repeat guest on. Her name's Carla from Cycle CPA. And Carla, she has a passion for our industry. And we get into that in today's conversation. But today we dive into understanding the difference between profit and cash flow. And you can have a good profit, but if you don't have good cash flow, you can actually go out of business. So today we dive into that topic. So if you're wanting to learn a little bit more, you know, you're a landscaper wanting to understand the difference and or maybe you're not even sure, you're not sure what the difference between net profit and gross profit is, you're not gonna wanna miss today's episode. So we'll get into that right after a word from our sponsors. Welcome back to the Millionaire Landscape Podcast. Now, today we have another returning guest. Her name's Carla from Cycle CPA, and you probably know her better as the landscape accountant. She is all over the internet doing all kinds of great stuff for the industry, and I'm super excited to have her here. She has a passion for helping landscape business owners increase their profits through accurate accounting and advising. She is, like I said, the co founder and currently the CEO of Cycle CPA which really just specializes in the green industry. So welcome, Carla. I appreciate you being on here. No, thank you, Scott. I'm excited to be on. <laughs> so you mind just telling a little bit about yourself and Cycle CPA for those that weren't on here last time? Yeah, for sure. So I started off my accounting career at a local CPA firm a few years ago, and we helped everybody under the sun. So I would work on like a restaurant owner's books, then to like a gym and then to a landscaping company's book. So we didn't like really specialize in any specific industry, but because of the demographic that I was in, we had a lot of landscapers, contractors there, and I became aware of their recurring issues. So looking at the profit and loss, cash flow, job costing, and I became passionate about helping those contractors. And so shortly after that, I worked at the larger CPA firm and then decided to branch out on my own. And I knew that I wanted to specialize in this industry because, like I said, I became passionate about helping specifically the contractors. They work so hard and they should be knowing like where their money is going and how to make more of it. Right. So absolutely. That's how I got started on that. Yeah, that are one of our things we say is there's no broke landscapers. That's our goal is no broke landscapers. <laughs> so we're on the same page here. <laughs> For sure. So after speaking to Carla, one of the things you know we got talking about is something that she sees a lot with just speaking with other landscapers, and that is understanding the difference between cash flow and profit. And she says she hears this a lot. So Carla, you mind just starting off talking about where the contractors getting confused and, and start maybe explaining what cash flow and, and profit is? Yeah. So it's actually where they get confused is like they look at their profit and loss and they're like, whoa, that profit is 
amazing $90,000 or whatever it is, right? Depending on the company size. But Carla, why didn't, I don't see that in my bank account. Why is it not in my bank account? That's not what I need. Why am I getting taxed on that? That's not fair. All this stuff, right? And so I'm like, okay, we need to figure out a way to, you know, really translate what profit means and what cash flow means. Because they're both separate things, but they strongly correlate with each other. Mm -hmm. So profit, what profit is on your profit and loss statement, you either have a profit or a loss, right? So your profit and loss statement starts out with your sales. And we're looking at a profit and loss for the year, let's say 2021, you have your sales, which is any income that you've made from your business. And then you have your cost of goods sold, which are your materials, your payroll for field labor, your subcontractors. And then you have your overhead expenses, which is your office, your marketing, your advertising, things of that nature. Mm-hmm. But once you have your sales and you subtract out all of the expenses, and then what you're left with is your profit, right? Mm-hmm. But what accountants don't tell you, it's like, okay, why doesn't that match your bank? It's because your cash flow is different. And the reason why your cash flow is different is because your cash flow is what comes into the business. So cash in and cash out. That it's so simple. Cash flow is what comes in and comes out. And the net cash flow is the change that occurs every month. So Either you have a positive net cash increase every month. So what that means is either you had more sales and expenses and then you keep building up your cash reserve kind of a thing, or you have more expenses than cash and then you start dwindling down on your cushion that you have. And so there are key differences between profit and cash flow. So the profit on your profit and loss doesn't show certain expenses that you actually incurred on the cash flow side. And that's because of accounting mumbo jumbo. And (laughs) I'll try to break that down. (laughs) So what is not on your profit and loss? Your truck payments that you make to Sheffield every month, (laughs) your ally payments, right? For your, for your truck, whatever it is, your machinery and equipment. Those payments are not on your profit and loss. They're on your balance sheet because they are paying down a loan that you have on your balance sheet. Mm -hmm. Those payments are paying down a loan. So they're not going to be on your profit and loss. Therefore, your profit seems high, right? Does that make sense? Since that Mm -hmm. expense is not hitting the profit and loss. The reason why you can't expense your payments is because you're accruing that asset on your balance sheet. So if you purchase that truck, that truck is now an asset on your balance sheet for $50,000 and you have the $50,000 loan, you're going to depreciate that truck over its lifetime. The $50,000, you're going to depreciate, let's say, over five years, and it's going to be $10,000 a year of depreciation. You don't depreciate it all at once because you didn't use it all at once. It's going to benefit your company for more than this just this year. It's going to benefit your company for a number of years. So that's the first thing I would say. A lot of people 
don't see is that these loan payments, they're not on the profit. So and if you're familiar with any of these financial statements, documents, you, you need to kind of look at like three main ones or correct me if I'm wrong, but it'd be yes. your P&L, your balance sheet and your cash flow statement. Right. Those are like the three main ones you really need to start learning. And I'll say even from what I see in just our coaching aspect of our academy, even stepping back, there are some people that don't even understand the difference between net profit and gross profit. So you mind just kind of explaining that? I know we're taking a little bit of a step back here, but I just want to make sure everybody's clear on everything yes. on, on the terms, just because that's what I see in some of my end. Yes, no, for sure. So gross profit is your sales minus your cost of goods sold. So basically what's in your cost of goods sold is the expenses directly related to the job expenses that you have. So your field labor workers, your materials that you're spending for those jobs, your equipment rentals, your subcontractors, right? These are expenses directly correlated to the jobs that you do, and they're highly variable. You wouldn't have those expenses if you didn't have sales. So sales minus cost of goods sold is your gross profit. That's what you're left over with to cover your overhead costs. Your overhead costs... Some of them are variable, you know, and some of them are, are slightly fixed. And so once you deduct the overhead, that's how you get to net profit. One thing I, I tell people just to kind of simplify is think of their cost of goods too as things that you can basically bill directly to a customer for. Mm -hmm. The overhead items, you can't really necessarily put on an invoice and say, I'm going to bill you for my rent <laughs> for my shop or, you know, whatever, you know, a CPA or whatever it is, you can't bill those directly on an invoice. So you have to have some kind of way to mark it up. But yeah, going back to like the, we're talking about the three different financial statements. That's something I think many people see and just kind of get scared of. They don't even want to touch. That's that, what well, they kind of leave it to you, I think. And then <laughs> you mind just talking a little bit about those three different documents and how they kind of feed off each other too? Yeah. So it's important because the profit and loss you take a profit and loss, you take out all of the accounting mumbo jumbo, like I like to say, and it converts into a cash flow statement. So basically, a cash flow statement starts with your net profit. Actually, the beginning line, if you were to pull it from your accounting system, says net income. And that's because your cash flow statement is going to reverse or add in the cash items so that it reflects what's your ending balance in your bank account. And the cash flow statement is so important to look at to see where your cash flow is trending at is important. So basically it starts with your net income, right? And then it deducts your loan payments, let's say. And it's like, okay. Then if you have accounts receivable, it will deduct that because AR is not something that you have in the bank already. You're going to wait. It's going to be there. So it deducts that. And so it, it, let's say if you purchased a truck and you put a 10000 down payment, it'll deduct that because that's on the balance sheet. And there, those deductions and additions, it takes the profit and loss and turns it into the cash flow that matches your ending balance on your bank account. And so that's how those two intertwine with each other. And the reason why you want to look at your cash flow statement and your profit and loss is because the more profit you have, the more cash flow you're going to have at the end of the day. Because if you have a higher net profit, that means that you're able to cover other expenses like your loans. You're able to pay yourself, you know, withdraws if you draw money out of the account. And so 
If you were looking at your net profit trend, let's say for 2021, you're looking at it month by month and you look at your cash flow, how much net increase or decrease you have made, those two highly correlate with each other. Because think about it. If you had a net loss in one month, that means cash flow wasn't good that month, right? It's very important. So that's one other thing that's not on your profit and loss statement. If you're paying yourself cash or you're not paying yourself a salary and you're just taking money out of the business cash, that's going to be on the balance sheet. Now, as far as a cash flow statement, can somebody just go on to QuickBooks and just print this off or, or is this something that has to be put together? So yes and no. <laughs> and <laughs> technically you can go into, into QuickBooks and print one out, but the correct bookkeeping and accounting has to be done on QuickBooks so that your cash flow statement is accurate on QuickBooks. Mm -hmm. If you just print out a cash flow statement and you haven't reconciled on bookkeeping and accounting, it's not going to be correct. Yeah, that's where I think some people fall behind because they don't stay up to date on some of the books. I'm sure you see that on your end. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. We, see, we see people falling behind. But then we get them caught up and then they're never behind. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So does it also matter too if they're they're you know do their accounting in accrual basis or cash basis will that change things too you know i know it does for the profit and loss i know that'll change all that there but for the cash flow yeah yeah it does change things because accrual basis is following the gap basis of accounting so it, if you pull up a profit and loss and you pull it up and your sales are on a cash basis then that's the money that came into your account you know, you can rely on that. But if you pull it up in an, an accrual basis, it includes your AR. So money you have not received yet, but you actually perform those services. So when you go in your cash flow statement, you want to make sure that AR is subtracted out of your net income. Yeah, that's something I just was thinking about. I, I know it can affect your P&L and the way you look at it too. So I was just curious. I think that the way that you should look at it is, for production purposes, look at it accrual. Because if you're looking at, okay, how much did my workers produce for that month? If you already invoiced those items out already, you want to see what, what was produced. And so that, or you can only see that in accrual basis sales. Mm -hmm. And then you can trace that back to your budgeted direct labor hours and match that that way. But then cash, it only, like I said, it only tells you the money that you actually just received from the client. So that's not too good for measuring for production purposes. How often do you recommend people look at these statements, especially the cash flow statement? At least once a month, if not weekly. It's so important to manage your, your cash flow, especially with the seasonal business like this. Like once you look at the cash flow uh, consistently, then you can see what some of the bottlenecks are in your cash flow. So basically, in order to have great cash flow, you want your service income, your income, your money coming into the account to match the expenses for that money. That's your ultimate goal with cash flow. In a perfect world, you would have great cash flow if that's your that's what you do, right? So you can see how AR really affects your cash flow. So if you have two, three, or your largest client always paying you late, that's going to negatively affect your cash flow because you already paid your employees 
So that's payroll. You already spent the material, equipment, rental, whatever it is for that job, but you still haven't gotten paid for it yet. Mm -hmm. And so keeping track of the cash flow and knowing the importance of it, it would allow you to uh, also identify other areas within your business that you may be lacking in. So maybe AR days are very high. Maybe you don't receive money as quickly, or maybe you want to pay your vendors a little more delayed. You want to delay that because you get paid later. So you want to delay payment on some materials, maybe open up a trade account um, is another way to match your revenues with your expenses. Is that something that like that you see a lot is they don't either bill on time or they're not billing at all, or they're waiting till like a month later to bill thing, you know, bill on jobs? Yeah. So I feel like what I see for maintenance, like we're billing afterwards, but I always ask why, what, why do you do that? Just bill in the first of the month, perform the services, don't perform services and then bill. There's no reason for it. Bill once a month for your recurring services, have a credit card on file. That's going to help you save time because it'll be automated. Invoices and payments will automatically be debited to your account. And guess what? It's going to make your revenues match your expenses much quicker. You always want to be ahead of the game. You want to get paid first and then pay out your vendors and your payroll. And a lot of times with larger projects, like if you're a hardscaping company, then it's kind of like playing that game of receiving the money up front, but then you don't get to the job site until like a month later and now you already spent that money and so on. So that could be tricky. But um, a way to kind of avoid that is to have another checking account where you're reserving that money until you need it and kind of, you know, keeping your cash flow separately for those upcoming jobs. Or you maybe you're not in charge of billing. Maybe you have an office manager who's doing accounts receivables and payables, or you maybe have an AR person. And as contractors, I see them struggling, not knowing how to keep those people accountable because they're accountants or bookkeepers or managers. And what my team does is we oversee some of these people and we measure that these by measuring AR days, average AR days. So you can create incentives for your AR people or your office manager. If we decrease AR days, you know, you get a bonus. But keeping track of accounts receivable days, looking at your AR report every week and keeping and holding those people accountable. That's the most important because I see a lot of, a lot of contractors just not even keeping or not even knowing their AR, what it is. I do like that idea. I never thought about that with the bonus system for keeping down the AR days. I do like that. Mm -hmm. One thing I, I have seen, you know, landscapers struggling with, especially if they're seasonal, like more up North where they can't work all year round. They struggle in the springtime when they're trying to do, like, especially their design build. They're going out and doing these big projects and they're putting all this money out. And they're not getting paid till 30, 60 days. I also see them too when they're, people are trying to transition from doing like residential to commercial properties. Well, some of those commercial think, jobs, you don't get paid for 30, 60, 90 days too. So it's, it's something you have to watch. And that's where cash flow can really affect you, correct? Yeah, exactly. And so you want to think about it more strategically. So if you know during the spring that you have to have some cash outlay before you have some money coming in, then during the summer months where cash is great, don't just like start increasing your salary then and like taking out a lot of money then and like 
it's a free for all and I'm going to buy a new equipment. And that's where business owners get in trouble is when they see the cash, they start taking it out. And I said, no, they're like, well, <laughs> if I don't take it out, no, it's not going to be there. I said, it will be there. Just, you know, wait, hold off on that purchase. You really need that right now. Hold off on paying yourself more. Just if you keep it steady during the, you know, rush, the summer months, then in the winter months, it'll level out mm -hmm. and you'll be able to create a cash reserve for yourself during the summer months. So open up a savings account so that it deters you from thinking that you have all of that money. You know, look at your net income. So during those months, there's going to be a net cash increase. That means you're going to have more sales and expenses, which is great. Figure out what that is for those months. Look back at 2021. Say, okay, this year, if the number is, you know, 10, 15,000 each month, I'm going to actually just set that aside. Set it aside each month and it'll help you survive those winter months and it'll help you with your spring launch money. I do like that. I think, I think many landscapers are tempted when they see that money in the bank. I'm going to go yes. buy that piece of equipment and new mowers, just skidster, truck, whatever it is. It's very tempting. I, I understand, but <laughs> you have to think ahead. Like she said, be strategic about it. Do you have any other suggestions for those that are trying to improve their cash flow? Any other ideas or tips? Yeah. So what you said before about like a maintenance company getting into like commercial, more commercial work, I think that something on that end that will help is I like it when somebody goes in and they're like, I'm going to build recurring cash flow first. So I'm going to build my maintenance side. That's what I'm going to do for a couple of years. Once that is steady and that covers your overhead expenses, like once you have that covering your overhead and you're making a little bit of profit, then you can get into the bigger jobs because you don't have to worry about, oh, am I going to cover overhead this month? Or am I going to be a good in the winter? You don't have to worry because you already build up your recurring services. Any tips that I have um, on that is you have to make a cash flow forecast which is what we do for our clients is we forecast out the next six to 12 months worth of revenue. So cash in items and expenses. And then we forecast the ending balance in their business bank account for all of those months. And so that brings a lot of clarity to you and helps you strategize, like I said before, and also helps you see into the future. Like, okay, November, I'm going to be in a cash flow crunch, but June cash flow is looking good. Let me set that aside. Or how can I bundle services so that I'm more subscription based throughout the whole year? And that's what the economy is going towards. It's being more subscription based economy. I even heard someone on a podcast last week saying that they're subscribed to their furnace provider or something. They come in once a year, but they're paying them every month. So why can't this industry move more towards that? And we are moving towards that. And I think people are realizing that and that's the way to go. So those are my tips on that. Yeah, I, I like the idea. Actually, I was speaking to one of the academy members the other day. And as far as maintenance, that's what they're planning to do. They live up in a northern area where they don't have mowing all year round, but they're going to charge their customers for a year round service and just keep it on, keep going. So, and I agree, it, it is going that world. I think even uh, Burger King has a subscription for like coffee or something like that. And there's <laughs> something at Taco Bell or something. It's crazy. Like people are doing it, but like you are right. Everybody else is doing it. Why aren't we? Yeah. It just keeps that consistent flow coming in all the time. You have, you know what to, what to expect. Right. Um, anything else you'd like to add about cash flow and profit that we haven't covered here? Yeah. So one thing that, I, you know, when you're looking at your net profit, 
and you don't pay yourself on on payroll, um, what we do is in this instance with our clients is that net profit could look overstated because it's not you're not paying yourself through payroll. It's on your balance sheet. So your profit and loss could say that you made 40 percent net profit, which looks great, you know, but then you have to add in what did you pay yourself throughout the year? Did you pay yourself 30,000? Okay, what is your net profit after that? That's what you want to look at is your net profit after you pay yourself a wage or what you paid yourself throughout the year. Again, I'm going to stress about like putting yourself on payroll, even if it's a conservative payroll every uh, week or every other week to just keep things, you know, balanced throughout the year. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. I'm actually reading a book about this now. I was just looking it up. It's called Simple Numbers, Straight Talk, and Big Profits. And that's one of the key things, like the first two chapters that, that I've gotten through so far is talking about that paying yourself. You have to pay yourself. And otherwise yeah. it does messes up the numbers in the end. You look like you're making a big profit, but you're really not. Yeah, no, I like that book. I've, I've read that one too. Yeah, <laughs> I just literally just downloaded it the other day. I'm like, oh, I'll read this one. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the, that's, that's a great book for anyone who's listening to. Yeah, it's pretty good so far. No, I, I, I do agree with all these things you've said. You have to look at all these numbers and cash flow is one of them. And when we see people have gone through the academy and go through your services, one of, that's one of the things I always ask, are you getting the stuff? Do you see the cash flow? Because it's so important because you guys do an amazing job at explaining to your people of how to use these numbers and what to look for with it. And that's, that's why I love working together with you guys. Awesome. Great. I'm glad you're getting that, yeah. that feedback. And just one more thing I do have as we're going through this is your balance sheet could also be a good indicator of cash flow because on your balance sheet, you're going to have your current asset section, which lists all of your checking and savings accounts. So if you look at your balance sheet on your accounting system and you pull it up on a month by month basis and you compare what your ending balances were each month, again, you can see that trend, trace it back to net profit, and then from there, see what happened during those low cash flow months mm-hmm. as well. It's another tip to kind of keep track of that. I guess too, going back um, when I asked you about going into QuickBooks and printing this off, Yeah, I know you and I have had this conversation before. You recommended some kind of uh, add-on or something that you can use to go into QuickBooks to help keep that organized. Is that correct? Oh, for the cash flow? Yes. Yeah. So there's a cash flow uh, tool. There are apps that are very cost-effective, don't cost a lot per month. Look for Cashflow Frog That's what is one of them. Yeah, I highly recommend that one. There's so many cash flow tools that, yeah, sync with your QuickBooks. And then what it does is it forecasts your your cash flows for you. Exactly. I was thinking toad, but frog, that's what. (laughs) (laughs) Close enough. Yeah. (laughs) No, I I wanted to find out. And I think it's good for landscapers to realize and start looking at, you know, there's these add-ons that you can put into QuickBooks that sync up and that help organize these types of deals. So. Definitely check that out. And I, like I said, if you guys are looking for to improve your bookkeeping, improve your accounting, go check out Carla. She knows the industry. She knows, like I've seen some of the reports she's given the uh, academy members and she puts in like industry data that most accountants don't even realize and know. So go check out their services. Carla, I appreciate you being on here today. Anything else you want to add? Now, yeah, thank you, uh, Scott. I appreciate you having me on and 
Uh, no, if, if anybody has any questions for me or any accounting questions or just wants to reach out, you know, feel free to join um, our Facebook group. It's called Landscaping Accountant. We post on there daily, just tips and tricks. We have a great community there. And also you can visit our website, cyclecpa.com. And uh, yeah, I, I look forward to to hearing from you guys. <laughs> yeah, definitely check them out. It's it's a great group of people. And they, like I said, they know the industry. That's what's the nice thing. I can tell you from personal experience, we've had a, we had a terrible accountant. It was a bad experience talking to her and Joe and, and everybody on the team over there. It's just... It, it'll make a world of difference, trust me. <laughs> so take advantage of it. <laughs> All right, Carl. Well, thank you again for joining us. I look forward to having you on again here in the future. Thank you, Scott. Have a good one. You too. Bye. Bye-bye. Hey, everyone. Just want to thank you again for joining us today. If you enjoyed today's podcast, we do ask you for one quick favor. Could you please head over to iTunes and leave us a review? A five-star review is even better, but it helps us get our rankings up and help us spread our message. 